Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to Gaze on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we'll be talking about the new French romantic drama by director Ira Sachs, Passages. And who said Passenger? Keep doing that. <laughs> Passages. That's, that's a different film. <laughs> is it? With Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt when they're in space. Passengers. Uh, see, I always think of the, is it Iggy Pop? Did a song. Don't know. We are the passengers. Don't sing anymore. We might get a copyright strike. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature. So, as always, do proceed with caution. But before that, I'd love to know what you've been watching, King. So I'm going to leave you to talk about some of the films that we've watched. Yeah. Did you do an episode on Blue Beetle? Uh. Yeah. Did we? We did. Did we? <laughs> I feel like I remember recording it. We didn't. We didn't? No. Maybe we were going to. But anyway, I'll leave that to you. So I'm going to talk a lot about telly. So we've got Ahsoka, which is four episodes in, halfway through its run. I'm and really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. I think the tone of it is the most similar to the Star Wars films um, mm. than any of the... TV shows have been so far. Mm. I always like when Jedi's are in it because they're like the best Star Wars thing to me. And the pace is quite deliberate and slow at points, but I think it works quite well. Yeah, I like all the creatures because we've met the Pergil again. Yeah, the little cat thing. No, that's the the space whales. Uh, and the little cat thing was really adorable. I think as they're well. a a, a Lorak? No, uh, something. But the a cute something cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I really like Rosario Dawson as well. So I do. Yeah. From Rent. Yes. Mm. Um, only murders, murders in the murders. building season three. I think I've watched six episodes now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. If I wasn't such a purist where I need to finish it, especially if I'm this far in, I would have dropped out because I don't think it's very good this season. I kind of lost interest towards the end of the first season, I think. It's got a strange tone. Well, did I watch two seasons of it? You didn't watch the second. No, then yeah. Um, But it's got... um, Why is that name totally escaped me? The famous actress... Like the world, Meryl Streep. Oh, has it? Um, in it, but she's not the in it that much. Actress. And I feel like she she should be utilised more because she's really good when she's in it. Um, okay. But yeah, I just don't think it's that great. Um, I'm also watching a Paramount Plus show called Special Ops Lioness, which is like a CIA drama with 
Zoe Saldana. Um, oh, I looked over your shoulder earlier. Yeah. I thought it was her. And it's she's the main character, and then it's also got Nicole Kidman, who's like in it, but she's not the main character. Which I think it's wild that you cast Nicole Kidman, but she's As a not side character. Yeah. Um, I'm quite enjoying it. It's quite like easy viewing. Hmm. It's not the best show ever, but it's quite it's quite addictive. Well, it sounds dramatic. Yeah. Um, on and I'm just and speaking of shows that were quite addictive, I absolutely binged American Horror Story New York City in preparation for the new one, which I think is called Delicate, uh, with Kim Ka- Kim Kardashian in it. Um, oh. But I watched this one, and it was all about New York City in the 80s, and there's a serial killer and a virus, and it had like HIV connotations, but they didn't actually say it. It was almost like it was happening in a universe where we didn't know it was HIV. Right. But it was good. Okay. Well, it's fine, but it was really addictive. Cool. Um, And when episodes are only like 35 to 40 minutes, I can absolutely barrel through them. Something about when they're only, when they're an hour, they seem like such more of a slog. It's proper like a commitment on your time to watch an hour episode. Yeah. But to watch four half an hour episodes is like you blink and they're gone. I know. Yeah, that's... that's why you're going through Ugly Betty, because I bet they're only about 40 minutes, aren't they? Less. Are they? Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, they probably are about 40 minutes. Well, yeah, they were on network telly, weren't they, for an hour, so probably. Um, when I the first know. aired, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Over to you with some other bits. Well, uh, the astute among you may, um, may have already realised that we have watched Blue Beetle. We did. Um... Which, actually, I was not really looking forward to, but was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't anything original other I than I feel that. like we've talked about this. I feel like we have. Let's move on, because I don't think we've talked about no hard feelings. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> if you are just, I'll say this just in case we haven't. If you like superhero films, but you're a bit concerned about, like, fatigue, go and see this one anyway, because you'll like it, because it's superhero. And it did feel... Uh, fresher than a lot of the recent superhero films have, I think, in my opinion. So, what else have we watched? Oh my god, No Hard Feelings. Yeah. Um, the rom-com with Jennifer Lawrence and he, whose name escapes me, but he was in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. Yeah? Is that him? What? In Who No was? Hard Feelings. The main character. The lad. I don't think. No, it's was not it Ben not? Platt. No, not Ben Platt. I have no idea. I thought he was in... I'm sure you told me that. I didn't. Well, what is he from? I've, I've never uh, seen him in my life before. <laughs> I know what he's from. He's from High School Musical, the musical, the series. How do you know that? Because I googled him to see where oh, he was from. I was going to say, I didn't think you'd watch that. No. No, I didn't watch that. <laughs> But I did enjoy his and Jennifer Lawrence's, like, on-screen thing they had going on. It was really fun. It was a fun film. It was like, I, it reminded me of, like, a noughties comedy again. Yeah, it was properly funny as well. you don't often get well. those kind of films. But Jennifer Lawrence's comedic timing is yeah. great. And I think, if I remember, we watched it on uh, digital. But I think it's Sony who is the distributor has a deal with 
Netflix. And I remember us both saying, when that goes on Netflix, it'll absolutely blow up. And I think it's going on. I've read on Twitter recently that it's going on quite soon. Why did I think it was already on Netflix? Don't know. No. Um... But yes, it absolutely will suit the Netflix audience to a T. But that's not like from a negative. It's just a really light-hearted no, film. I, that I think these that's what days I mean. It'll do really well. not a lot of people would pay to go see in the cinema because it's not like peak cinema. Well, but it's fun. It's like a romantic comedy where, um, like the jokes are actually funny in it. Yeah. You don't necessarily see where the story's going to go. I mean... If you go into it thinking, this is a romantic comedy, I can see where this is going to go. I don't think it'll 100% follow the track. And like, it's not if quite it was formulaic. played in the wrong way, it could have been a bit of a disaster. Yeah. But it was done quite well. No, it was. I enjoyed it. Can't remember what I gave it. I think I'll give it three and a half, maybe. That sounds like, yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds about right. Um... So yeah, if you get a chance to see that, watch it. I also fancied a little bit of warming up for spooky season. So I've watched practical... Even though it's been boiling and yeah, doesn't feel no. like spooky season is just around the corner. Tell you what, I meant warming up to like get cosy <laughs> and what I got was warming up as in sweltering heat. Um, so I watched Practical Magic, which I think is from... From the 90s or the early noughties. It's got Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman in. Um, and it's a little bit witchy, a little bit funny. Um, and overall, I've never heard of really it. good. Um, I don't know why you've never heard of it. Never? I'd recommend anyone watch it. Um, is it actually a good film, though, or is it just a bit of a cult classic? No, like, if it came out now, would you be like, oh, four star? Um, I suppose if it was made with today's production value, probably. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously, it's like 20 years old. Yeah. And Sandra Bullock is flawless, obviously, so she's in it, as is Nicole Kidman. So, yeah, I don't think it's a cult classic. Just never heard of it. Prepare to be corrected on that one, listeners, if you want to let us know on socials. Are you in the cult? Are you in the cult? Um, and I've also watched the Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> the ones with Sarah Michelle Gellar, with Freddie Prince Jr., with Linda Cardellini, etc. What's the what's Shaggy called? Can't remember his name. I always forget his name. I think name. it's Matthew something. Um, but they're great. The first one... They're not great. The first one is so hilariously camp. And the second one is still camp but not quite as good as the first one. Apparently there was meant to be a trilogy, but the only reason why is whoever distributed it put Scooby-Doo, I think they put it out in, like, April, the second one. When if you'd put something like that out at Halloween, it would do way better. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Foolish error there. I did forget just how camp they actually were, though. So camp. When, When Velma comes down in that leather... One piece looking like Britney Spears. Who's your mommy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought, like, I didn't realise that you and our friend Gianni, who we watched it with, could literally, like, quote. Oh, I watched them both so much growing up. And I didn't ever twig how camp they are 
until I watched it as an adult. I always totally forgot as well at the end credits where they're all having like a dance off and yeah. Scooby's on his back two legs. Yeah. Thank you for waking me pay my share. I was like, share. You sounded almost um almost like King Julian then. I did. You did. Um I think that's pretty much all I've watched. It's quite a lot. We haven't done a normal episode in a while. Yeah, I suppose so. Um We've done a um time capsule one. We did, which we don't always What was it? Interstellar. It was Interstellar. Yeah. So um, yeah, we watched that as well, but if you want to hear us talk about it, go to episode 54. Yeah, you've got us for almost 40 minutes talking about it. Yeah. Um, what's been going on in the news? I'm not going to talk about the strikes because unfortunately... Listen, am I going to do that thing where I'm not going to talk about the strikes and then I talk about it for 10 Cut minutes? 10 minutes later. But it is after Labour Day and people did think that if September... Once September came around, it might edge towards a bit more of a conclusion, but sadly not. Hasn't. But yes, did see, but did film see, festivals are still happening. Who did I see talk? Jessica Chastain? Yeah, put that on did our story. Yeah. Thing. Um, so Venice Film Festival has been on and concluded, and the winner of Best Film was Yorgos Lanthimos's Poor Things, oh, which is getting rave, when rave reviews. I don't know when it's got a date in this country. Hmm. Um, I think it... It's the one with... um, It's like the Frankenstein story. Is it Emma Stone? Yeah. And it's got Willem Dafoe, and it's got some others. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, It's been dated in the UK for the 12th of January. So, unfortunately, we get the awardsy films in January and February trend is still continuing, because I think it comes out in October in the US. Um, Well... So yeah, that's just a one to be excited for. Yeah, a lot of awards buzz for the film, the direction. Emma Stone's performance is apparently phenomenal. Um, so that's pretty much it. Okay, well, what a time we've had. Mm-hmm. But now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. What have we got this time, Declan? We have got the long-awaited sequel to Chicken Run. Oh. Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Oh, so um, exciting. Which is going to hit Netflix in December, I think. Yes. But it's having its premiere at London Film Festival next month. Um, yes. Um, it's a shame we can't go. And I am. Um, but yeah, Ned absolutely adores the original Chicken Run, and I think we're going to try to do it as a time capsule episode before this new one comes out in the next couple. I of months. would absolutely. Um, You'll have to stop me talking about it. Shall we dive in straight away then? Yes, I will just say though, listeners, unlike normal, we have both seen this trailer, and if you don't normally pause and watch along with us, <laughs> I would highly recommend this one because otherwise we might well spoil a hilarious joke. <laughs> Um, so do that. I'll pop the link in the show notes and uh, join us back again after the sparkles. Well, <laughs> what did you think of that? It's funny. Hilarious. Oh, I can't wait. Should we do the joke? What is it? It's go time. It's all right. I went before we left. <laughs> 
Have they recast some voices? I feel like they have. I think... I was going to ask you, because I assumed you would know, but I have a s- sneaking feeling they'll have used the same ginger, but obviously she'll have aged by now. So They haven't. Have they not? No. In the original, Julia Sawala was ginger. Right. Whereas this time it's Tandy Newton. Oh, well, I like Tandy Newton. And Mel Gibson was Rocket. Yeah. Which Rocky. obviously, Rocky. And is now, it's uh, Zachary Levi. Remind me who Zachary Levi is. Shazam. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. So I do think they have recast some voices, but as long as they have oh, a few Yorkshire accents in there, which they have, mm. um, I'm quite happy. Um, but yeah, the rats are in it again, narrating. Yes. What's the baddie got? Mrs. Tweedy. Mrs. Tweedy. Mrs. Who? Tweedy. I thought she had died, you know, being boiled in a gravy machine and then crushed by a barn door. Maybe it's not her. Apparently, she survived unscathed. Maybe it's like a a twin sister, or yeah, we are in the world of Ardman where anything See, could if happen. If I had done the trailer for this just to keep it a little bit more mysterious, I'd have had her walking down the stairs with that voice because it's very recognisable, Mrs. Tweedy voice. Yeah, and then Ginger going, oh, "It's her," but then not showing any more Mrs. Tweedy, just to keep viewers like myself on my toes. Do you hear that, Netflix? Ned would have cut the trailer differently if it had been given. But basically the premise of this one looks like instead of escaping a chicken farm, they're trying to get into a chicken factory. Last time we broke out of a chicken farm. <laughs> this time we're breaking in. We don't know why they're breaking in. No. Is it all done? Um... Stop motion. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, yeah. I think this will do quite really well on netflix especially 15th of december it'll do well just off the back of me (laughs) when i see that i was watched on the charts that's like (laughs) ned just watching it over and over again yeah definitely treasure for me absolutely without a shadow of a doubt out as i say on the 15th of december on netflix yes fab uh well there's nothing more to say about that it brings us to this week's headline feature passages coming up right after this quick break one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Passages, then. Passages. A really small intimate french film well i didn't realize it had quite as much french in it as 
Um, yeah, a lot of French dialogue. Yeah, it did. And we would be, had been looking to visit a local refurbished independent cinema called Hyde Park Picture House, which is in Leeds. Um, which, if you're listening to this when this goes out, we currently have a competition running to win some tickets. Oh, oh keep talking, I'm sneezing. We've got a competition out listeners um oh. if you'd like to pop onto our instagram are we putting on twitter as well or just instagram the twitter will be pushing twitter. people to the instagram right so just skip a step and go straight to instagram i found this on the web oh quiet all those sneezes of um and there's a date night for two up for grabs at high park Picture yeah House. two free so, tickets two free tickets 20 pound towards pound some budget. Snacks and drinkies. Yeah. Um, and film of your choice. Yes. Um, Take it as an opportunity to see a really indie film. Yeah, because they have a really good program of, yeah. of, 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 sh- of like, well, indie films. Um, but if you're listening to this after Sunday, the twenty fourth of September, you've missed your luck. Uh, but keep an eye out for any other competitions we may or may not run in the future. But yes. Anyway, so we were sat in the cinema. And I'd seen on movie Twitter a bit that this film was quite X-rated. I would use the word raunchy. Yes. So, and I'd listened to a couple of interviews with the director, Ira Sachs. And he wasn't very happy because in America it got an NC-17 rating, which is pretty much like when when a film gets that kind of rating in America, it will be shown on very, very few screens. Here it's an 18 but I'll get into this when we get talk about the film a lot more. Yeah. But, yes, it's got sex in it. Yeah. But realistic, healthy depictions of sex. And what I always find really annoying is violence really doesn't ever get any higher than a 15. Yeah. But intimate sex and healthy sex yeah. is always an 18. Yeah. To me, that's the wrong way around. Yeah. Because sex is natural, but shooting someone in the head isn't. No. So. Um, and also, very few people are going to shoot people in the head, and pretty much everyone's going to want to have sex at some point. Exactly. So it annoys me. Mm. Um, but this had its world premiere at twenty uh, this year's Sundance Festival earlier in the year, um, and it depicts kind of a long time, long time male couple who, as we go along, I think are married. Yeah, they're married. Um, and one of them has an affair with a woman. Has as their relationship is. I've kind of done the synopsis there, haven't I? Well, do you want me to just read the synopsis? Go on then, yeah. you're tripping over a little bit. Okay, go on. A filmmaker, Thomas, is frustrated by his husband, Martin, during the celebration of the rap on his latest picture. At the after party, he meets a woman, Agathe, or, you know, like Agatha, but I'm butchering the pronunciation. She's French. And spends a passionate night with her. Their relationship grows as does the distance between Thomas and Martin. Passages follows Thomas as he gets what he wants and learns that he can't have it all. That's interesting. Well done. Thank you. So, yeah, as it says, we we find this couple in Paris, and I will say it's quite an intellectual film. It's quite slow-moving, and as coming from a working-class background, I would say that this is a very middle-class film in the sense that They've got a gorgeous flat slash massive house in Paris. They've also got a house somewhere outside of Paris. 
One's what uh, have in Paris? That apartment's quite big. Yeah, but it's an apartment, not a massive Yeah, house. but it's almost as big as a house. When people hear apartment, sometimes you think, oh, an apartment size, but it's probably bigger than... It's a general, yeah. It's like a... It's a European old apartment, big. but large. Yeah, tall ceilings. Yeah. Um, And it's quite, you know, one's a printer, one's a film director. Yeah. It's all very kind of... You know, bohemian, but yeah. with money. Yeah. Um, the premise of this film, like, it's quite a short film. It's only ninety-two minutes long. So if you get if you get credits in there, I mean, what it's rolling credits are rolling after about 85, 86 minutes. So it's quite short. So, yeah. Um, and it is basically that synopsis. But what's really compelling is how well written it is, in the sense that Thomas, who has the affair. I was going through multiple different stages where I was like, you're a dickhead. Then one minute I'd be like, oh, you're just a bit confused with your sexuality. And then another minute I'd be like, oh, I feel a bit sorry for you. I didn't get the impression he was confused about his sexuality, though. Did you not? Well, no. How was he not, though? Well, you're assuming he's gay. Well, he is gay, he said. Today? Yeah. When? Not in explicit terms, but... Because he said he was married to a man? No, but he, he said he'd never been, never fallen for a woman and, and he didn't, he, he looked like oh. a bit conflicted by what he was going through. Oh, see, I was under the impression that them two had a relatively kind of liberal attitude towards um, monogamy and things. And No, I think they had a, I do think they yeah. looked like they had a liberal attitude towards monogamy, but I think it was only with men. All oh, right. Okay. Um, but I think they were. What I did find quite nice about it is there wasn't too much trouble with when Thomas meets Agathe. Mm. Agathe. Agathe. Agathe's um, family. The main concern that the family's got is will he be there for the relationship? Yeah. Not really for the fact that he'd been with a man. No. His, her mother does make one slight little comment, but it, you know... Well, she's more, like, matter-of-fact about it rather than judgmental is what I yeah. know. Yeah, and I think she probably went, oh, we... Well, what happens is... Get the cards on the table. He gets her pregnant. So her family oh are, God. like, saying... Did that reveal not floor you, though? Like, everyone we were in the cinema with, when he just turned to um, Ben Whishaw's character... And having just, just like, had, kind of... They just... Did they just have sex? Yeah, but they were just... What kind of sex? I mean, like... I was going to say coming back together. Um, like, reconciliation sex. Yeah, and he went... And Ben Wishaw's literally pulling his pants and he goes, Oh, I got pregnant. I got her pregnant, by the way. <gasps> yeah. But I think, yeah, it was... It was the, the, the main concern of her parents is... She's pregnant. Is he yeah. going to be around yeah. for... Yeah. The baby. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's quite a frustrating character to follow. Flawed, I would say. Like, we meet yeah. him in the first scene where he's directing a shot, the final shot of the film. Yeah. And he comes across as a bit of a twatty director. Uh, yeah, I think he was. he seemed like he was really frustrated with this scene. And, um, like, shouting at the extras, you're not holding that glass right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I imagine is kind of 
I think it's probably quite easy to get like that as a director. So. Um, well, I can, but he did. He he, yeah. he had a sense of. The character has a sense of entitlement to him. Like I should get, like let me figure out and go be with this woman for a bit. But it was almost like he was saying to Martin, who was Ben Wishaw's character, his yeah. husband, like I'll be back to you once I've got it out my system, yeah, and not really of... accounting for other people's feelings towards him. Yeah, I would say, as far as he's concerned, it's Thomas's universe, and we're all just living in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think meant that we could see a lot of his depth, but it also meant that he neglected the needs of others in his life. I think maybe he takes them for granted mm. is something I got from that. Um, he just doesn't really seem to care about other people's feelings towards no. him. It's and like... even when, even when all of that kind of came crashing down around him and he really just has to live with the consequences of his self-centeredness, I still managed to feel bad about, bad for him. But even at, like the, fir- the final scene where he's on his bike, he's got this look on his face like, Meh, they both battered me off, but at least one of them will be back soon. Yeah. Where it does feel from the other two that it is quite final, that they've had enough of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's just like, Meh, one of them will be back. But yeah, yeah it's um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a lot to this film, but at the same, no, I think there's quite. A but lot it to had this me. Film. It had me like. Do you know what? Going I... through the emotions of how yeah. it was very good at telling a a, a story from the. It was all whilst there is a wider cast, it's very much from the point of view of Thomas. Yeah. And you were very oh, I just pulled myself in the eye. Franz um, Rogowski. Very well, I should yeah. say. Um, but he very, it's very at his point of view, oh, and he yeah. he kind of. How do I say this? You you're living in it. As you've just said there... You're experiencing the love triangle from his corner, aren't you? And you've said it's like we're all living in his world. And, yeah. But, but, like, metaphorically and actually from a storytelling perspective yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, it so... still managed to give um, Martin and Agat really good character development, though. Like, they didn't just feel like props in Thomas's story. They were themselves rounded people and even though they had quite liberal outlooks on monogamy mm. reading between the lines when they go for those drinks with those other two gay guys and ben wishaw's character martin is a bit obsessed with one of these writers and asking him loads of questions mm. and i was like i think they're flirting a bit and then thomas comes in and he's like oh he's a prick him but well, Martin's I like, think... oh, I quite want to sleep with him. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, once everyone starts splitting up, then Martin does start hooking up with this I think that's writer. Another, another point at which it tells like Thomas's self-centered view on things, because Ben Whishaw's character never really expresses jealousy. Yeah. But Franz Rogowski's character really does. Yeah. Anytime anything isn't within his control or for his benefit. Well, even when Thomas tells him 
I slept with a woman last night. Yeah. That's where you get, well, they obviously sleep with other people because he's not reacting to the fact that he slept with somebody. No. He's just a bit like, oh, right, okay, that's yeah. what you like. Okay, yeah, yeah. great. Um, It takes a bit of a dark turn towards the end, though. Does it? Well, he's kind of running between one or two of them. And then Martin meets up with a gat mm. to give to just kind of see how she is after the... Make a bit of a piece off They've both well. been kind of damaged by Thomas together yeah. and both been strung along. And, like, I actually thought when Martin and Thomas have sex in the same house as a gat... And she can hear them. Yeah. I thought that was like, really cruel. That was a dick move on... Um, both of them. Probably both their parts. Yeah. But then towards the end when they're meant to be going... Thomas and Martin have kind of rekindled and they're meant to be going to Venice. And as you say, he meets up with Agat as a bit of a peace offering. Yeah. Gives her a gift because he knows she's pregnant. And then she says she's had an abortion. And I was a bit like... <gasps> Um, and Thomas has kept that from him. And then I think Martin realises that he's horrible. Yeah. To have kept that from me. Yeah. To just try and get back with me and yeah. make sure, you know. And I thought that was quite dark that she'd aborted the baby because of the situation she'd been in. I don't think it was dark. No? I think it was more uh, like it's her... She was taking control of her situation, seeking the appropriate health care that would meet her needs, knowing that Franz was probably going to be... No, I mean more dark in the sense that Thomas had kept it from Martin. Oh, okay. She can do what, I mean, she can do yeah. what she wants. Yeah. It's a shame that she had to because he left her, but... Um, Maybe she would have done anyway. Yeah. Um, um, do you know what I was surprised at? What? To say this film is not a comedy... It was quite funny in times, wasn't it? Yeah, and it wasn't just me finding it funny. No. The people in the cinema, we all laughed at pretty much the same points. Yeah. Throughout, um, which is really fun. Um, The quips Thomas made at Agat's mum and dad was quite funny. Oh, my God. The guts to sit there in front of somebody's parents and speak to them like the outfit he turns up in late as well i mean if he's trying to convince them he's not gay i I mean i know they're in this liberally kind of metropolitan-y bohemian they can wear what they want they're all dead cool kind of vibe anyway but her parents looked quite straight lace compared to their daughter yeah that was funny um and also what i liked as well to get onto the sex scenes. Yeah. They were quite honest and realistic depictions of sex, down to the fact that they were a little bit funny as well, and sex is sometimes a bit funny, isn't it? It was a little bit awkward at times, as I just said. We'll lift the curtain that one of the microphones dropped out, so we've had to go back in. Um, ah, I thought we were disguising that. No, because okay. I can't be doing it naturally. Um, yeah. But... I think what I was about to say is I wish more, like I said, not to get deep, but I wish more pornography was a bit more realistic. Uh, some of the Instagram influencers that are on and are like sex positive get codes for an ethical porn company. Have we started back yeah. again? Oh, you didn't tell me. <laughs> I gave you the look. Oh, um, 
we were on about again microphones cut out sorry guys um we were on about what were we on about porn sex and porn and you were on about kind of sex positive instagram influencers that kind of say about this ethical porn company no but i just think that's what sex is like mm. limbs are all over and i was watching it and sweaty. i thought oh that actually looks like sex and i think that's why we were able to like laugh along as well because it was very like recognizable yeah as real people do i mean i didn't things. expect to see Paddington's bum all. I didn't. <laughs> but we go with it. That's what the sequel would be called. Passages to Paddington's bum all. I thought he was like spreading his cheeks with his fingers. He was like, oh. God. All six of us are all a bit. I'm glad I had my lemon sorbet. Actually, on that, you know how these days films with sex scenes have intimacy coordinators? Yeah. Um, apparently, when. Um, Iris Axe was like freshly casting the film. He asked all of the actors what they'd be comfortable with, and that was it. Like, they were like, he was like, okay, well, we'll make that work then. Um, so did they not have an intimacy coordinator? No, they did have an intimacy coordinator, but what they did was they never tried to push any boundaries and never even asked people if they would go further than what they'd already said they would which apparently made for a very comfortable and open and honest I guess with that kind of thing, you obviously have to really get the casting right with people who are comfortable as well. Well, yeah, Because there'll be some actors that wouldn't be comfortable to do those kind of sex scenes. No, and I think asking the question like, what are you comfortable to do, rather than are you comfortable with this, this, this or this, Mm. even more gives like the actor the control over the scene, which is very important, obviously. Um, so by the sounds of it, they did all of that really right. And I think that probably added to the kind of, um, natural feel yeah. to the, to the intimate scenes. I thought the film as a whole, though, was an incredibly sophisticated and well-written and smart look at how sometimes relationships just go wrong. Yeah. Because it happens to so many people. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Even within relationships, when you still stay together, there's times where it gets a bit rocky. And I just think it did all that incredibly well. Mm, I agree. Um, and I think Iris Axe, especially if he kind of created a environment like that mm. um, to to for the actors to feel as comfortable, that was very important. And I think that probably also made us feel like we were the film was as lived in as as, as it was. Yeah, yeah, fully. So, um, I listening to a couple of those interviews with Iris Axe, I reckon he'd be really fun to interview. He would. We should have seen if we could. Oh well. Um, he's very kind of. He's done a lot of indie films. Yeah. And I'd love to chat to him about some of them because I haven't seen. I don't think any of his other films. Um, <sighs> so. Well, we'd best get some on the list, because if they're as good as this, I will absolutely love them. Mm. His films often premiere at the likes of Sundance, mm. Berlin Film Festival, Cannes. Yeah. Um, so they're all, all of a certain level quality. Gorge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really have all that much more. Unst- oh, there was one thing I thought was quite cool. So the final scene where he's 
Thomas is riding through Paris on his bike. There's this really chaotic jazz score over the top say, of it. I was going to say, let's talk about the score. And I thought the score, like, it kind of reflected how chaotic he'd been. It was through really, all of really characterful, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought, I was listening to it and I thought, this feels like it was on purpose. Yeah. So... Yeah. And it used Paris as a city as, you know, it felt like Paris was an, a character in itself as well. Mm. You know, when some films just really get that right. I think most things set in New York tend to do that. And a lot of London ones as well. Some of them do, but some of them I don't think are a... It's like, some I don't know, sometimes you'll get a film where you think, this is an American's view of what they think London's like. Yeah. Rather than the true London experience. Yeah. So what was that rom-com we watched this year that was in London? It was named after a place. Oh, Rye Lane. That was incredibly London. Yeah. Whereas, and I know they're not the same kind of film, but like Paddington 2, if we're on about Paddington, to me is like, what a studio, a studio's idyllic view of London oh, life. Yeah. And I, I know Paddington I is idyllic and probably not the London that we know. Well, it's not a documentary, But is some it? of them get... Well, neither was Rye Lane, but Rye Lane was yes. like... Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I know places in London like that and it feels incredibly authentic. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah. Grand. Star rating. Did I give it four? I think I did. I don't know if you went slightly higher. Well, you've written on the notes for me that I gave it four. Because I'll just guess. Oh. Uh, I did give it four. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Still in cinemas, I think, on some, some screens. Definitely, I think, when this goes out, Hyde Park Pitch House might still be um, showing it. If not, it'll be out on digital soon, I would have thought. Fab. Um, now let's unsheath the gaydar. It's a wonderful piece of machinery devised by Ned's own hand. And we have it to you. <laughs> and we use it to rank all the films and TV we, we discuss based on their LGBTQ plus appeal. Let's see where the gaydar ranks. Passages. Right. Because um, we've come up to your parents' house this weekend. I haven't packed it away in its bag. Oh my god. AKA, it's out of reach right now. So um, Out of reach. But I did get like a small version of the software so we can still use it okay. on my laptop. <laughs> um, and where is it where is it ranking? Oh my god, really high up actually. Uh it comes in above red, white and blue, below Heartstopper. Yeah. Heartstopper's at the top, isn't it, this year? It is, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Well, that's Heart, only because whilst this is more authentically, I think, what relationships look like, and it's a lot more. Yeah. Well, it beats red, white, and blue for its authenticity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Heartstopper still I takes Brexit the Brexit your head from your body. Um, <laughs> Heartstopper still takes the top spot just because, just because it of its diversity of, of representation. Yeah. Like, I think it would be a tough one to beat. But yeah, whilst the sexuality was a major part of this film, having at least, I mean, he might be bisexual, there were he might three be... principal sex scenes. Yeah. Plus a lot of kind of suggested. Yeah. And like all of them were just really sexual energy the whole way through. Gorgeous. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it had a, you know, bisexual gaze. Or pansexual. Pans. Just so, quite a bit of yeah. the, the yeah. rainbow. The rainbow coalition, as they like to call us these days. I thought it was the rainbow mafia. Oh, well, but I'll be that but, as well. No, it's the alphabet mafia. Yes, that's us. Stupid, yes. really. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I was, wasn't reading along then. Don't forget as well <laughs> what? to follow us. Are you us. saying sorry to me or the follow uh, the listeners? I'm not sure myself, I think. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at gazeonfilmpod. And check out our Letterboxd accounts. The links to those are in the show notes. We would love to hear your thoughts, especially, especially on, this, on one. this one. So please do feel free to drop us a message. I have been Ned. And I have been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.